Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Roll the Quadcast, a Blogger So Dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger So Dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest athletics. Welcome to Roll the Quadcast, episode 44 here. We uh, are back after a hiatus of about probably five or six months. We're in different locations here, um, but we are back and pretty much ready to go. The Deke came off a pretty exciting uh, three to nothing victory on Saturday. Um, we've got myself, Riley Johnston, and we also have uh, Robert Reinhardt calling in from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Rob? I am doing fantastic, Riley. Haven't heard your voice in a while, which I haven't been able to say that for about seven or eight years now. But it's it's good to be back, and it's good to be talking about Wake Forest sports, especially after a victory. Yeah, and I guess the best thing about you being in Nashville is you don't have to look at me because it's a radio show. So that's probably the best thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's uh, not doing this on FaceTime. Exactly. Well, we we can see if we we uh, get get prettier as we get older. But uh, one thing that wasn't pretty, Rob, was uh, that three to nothing victory on Saturday. And you know, it's beautiful as a Wake Forest fan because it's been a while since we've actually uh, had a road victory that wasn't over Army. I believe it was about three years ago that we defeated Virginia in a similar low scoring affair. But uh, we the defense held firm and we we got the W on Saturday. What were your thoughts about the game? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, with, with such a you know, a young team and a team that has relatively low expectations in terms of wins and losses. Um, you know, for Wake Forest fans, I think we, you know, we were thrilled with any victory as we can get it. The last time, as you said, was 2012 uh, against. You know, of course, we needed to just play Mike London in order to do that. I wish I wish we could play Mike London every year, but unfortunately, we can't do that. Uh, ACC teams aren't pro- probably aren't going to have the opportunity to do that in the future. And, and you know, the media was throwing the shade about, you know, winning three Dufflin and Cost and celebrating. But it, it was a great win. Um, and, you know, the 30 second, the final really minute is what everybody sort of talks about when everybody makes fun of. I mean, uh, here it is, look at, looking bad. Boston College, third and inches, they try and sneak it. Wendell Dunn punches it out. Zach Dantel, really the only person um, who saw the ball loose, went went and picked it up. And at that point, Wake fans are thinking, well, this this is fantastic. You, you know, you're not thinking it's over. BC still had two timeouts left. So so we run two plays, get it down to about a minute ten. And, um, you know, then on that third down, unfortunately, Matt, Matt Colburn fumbles the ball um, because we're going against a really aggressive defense because that's what they had to do. Um, and, and, you know, some people were talking about take a safety. I, I, I disagree with that. I thought we did a really good job uh, with what I assume was a hard count on that third on third and eight. Um, when it was initially third and eight, to get it down to a, a five-yard penalty to get it to third and three, and then it's, um, you know, really managed for while BC's uh, rush defense is the best in the country, um, one of the best defenses in the country generally, you just, you just need three yards. So uh, we, we got the play, and, um, you know, the defense just made a great play, and it, it looked very grim from there, I won't lie, especially when they got it down uh, to the one-yard line with 29 seconds left, but then uh, horrific coaching kicked in. That, you know, they essentially had a free timeout during measurement, but inexplicably by the time the measurement was done, BC was still in the huddle. Wake was ready to play. They didn't get it off till about 15 seconds. They snap it. We we laid on the ball so like a great defense would, well-caught uh, coach team would, and, and time expired. So, 
those are little things to win the game. And I know that was a little long-winded long there, but, um, you know, when it came down to executing, um, you know, we, we made those small plays that we needed to win, and that's a sign of a, a growing football team. Yeah, and I, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it, it definitely wasn't pretty to watch. Um, it was very similar, in my opinion, and I think most Wake fans would probably agree with me, to the Virginia Tech game last year, the game that went into okay. overtime tied at zero. Um, BC obviously had the two missed field goals early on. Uh, a lot of people were making fun of us, and I understand that offensively both teams are challenged. BC had some really interesting uh, substitution patterns with their quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't think that Coach Adazio had the best game plan. And, I mean, I, I, I'm, it's easy to see why most Boston College fans are annoyed with it. If you look at the stats, Wake had five first downs. I believe uh, it was tweeted out that that's the fewest in the FBS division in 20 years to win a game. And, I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't really matter. There, there are no pictures on the scorecard. I say that when I play golf a lot. Um, but you, you have a score and you move on. And I thought it was by far we were the better coach team. It was quite obvious in your wrap-up of that last 30 seconds that when the game came down to the wire, yeah, we made a mistake. Um, freshman Colburn fumbled the ball, but he didn't run well the entire game. He, he got the snap. He, it was unfortunate he fumbled. But his teammate picked him up. We got the goal line stand. We laid on him like we should have, and you forced the rest to make a call like that. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with Boston College's strategy, it, but if they had been ready to break the huddle after the free timeout, they got the one-yard line for them to measure with 29 seconds left, we wouldn't be talking about this at all. Uh, I mean, you can argue whether or not the run was a bad decision. Um, it was definitely a bad decision with – 18 seconds left, but it shouldn't have come down to that. They, they had a chance to snap the ball at 25 seconds if they're up and at the line. Our defense was ready. You could see when the, the clock breaks, we're already set up in our base defense, and they are just breaking the huddle. It took them nine seconds to get out there. So it was clear to me that our team knew exactly what they were doing in, in the clutch. Um, and I don't really like saying in the clutch a lot, and I don't, I don't think we necessarily <laughs> did anything exceptional, but you could tell that we were a well-coached team, and the more disciplined team got the final stand, and we won the football game, so that's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, Rob, who do you think the MVP for this game was? If you had to look at one, I mean, not necessarily <laughs> player or um, coach, what, what would you, who would you say it was? Um, you know, I, I think we have to go with our Heisman candidate, and and that's Alex Kennel. And look, and, and look, we can we can make we can make fun of that. We you know we we did a, a parody Heisman candidate. Um, it's not a parody, you know. Rob. Well, it's not a parody, but, but you know what? The the thing is, we talk about it, and we talk about you know the number of punts he's had, but you know he really is, and he's grown to be a a really good puncher. I, I mean, ten punts. For 513 yards, 51.3 average, a long of 62. I mean, in all honesty, I think part of the reason people were talking about this, well, let's let's take a safety, is they have so much trust that Kennel, when he does does the punt off, will just you know put BC in such terrible situation that it doesn't matter that a field goal beat you at that point. So, you know, I thought I thought he was a, he was exceptional throughout throughout the game when when we needed him when our off when you get five first downs. You know, you really need you need a great defense, but you need a great punter to allow the defense some time to bend and, and give them a few plays where missed tackles don't hurt you as much. So, um, you know, that's that's not a slight to, to anyone else. That's just really a compliment to him. 
Yeah, what about and, and I agree. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think that you could, you know, I would say the coaching staff overall, but we got a lot of discipline uh, problems that we got to look at. Not, not. I'm not talking going out and beating women or stealing things. I mean, discipline within the field of play. Um, I think we had five 15-yard penalties, three unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, that's just killing us. One came from the head coach, and you can argue whether or not that Dave Clawson tapping the rev or kind of grabbing him to get his attention um, is, is a penalty or whether it should have been called. But you just can't put yourself in that situation. And I agree with a pretty – egregiously bad call by the ref that happens all the time but uh, it's pretty cut and dry you don't touch a ref um and, and I love that he's emotional I love that he's fired up and I love the passion that he's brought uh especially this year uh, and you point to all facets of the game as to why and how we've improved and it all starts with Dave Clawson but we've we got to get better at that and that, that'll come as we get older and more mature um but I digress Alex Kennel was by far the MVP, and you're right. We do joke about it, but he is a serious threat, and I think he has to be one of the front runners for the Ray guy. Um, he won the ACC Specialist of the Week, I would guess, and maybe this already came out. I'm guessing he's going to win the Ray guy um, award for the second time this season, the weekly. He won week one, and unless they just – I mean, I'm not making a joke, but voter fatigue and voting and guy in, then he should win it again. I mean, he flipped the field. No less, I think he punted 10 times. He probably flipped it seven or eight times. Um, and you don't get a threat like that just by happenstance. He's punted more than anybody in ACC history, and he's going to punt more than anybody in the NCAA history. Sarcastically catastrophic breakdown. Um, very good defense. What were you going to say, Rob? Oh, I'm sorry. You were breaking up a little bit, so I, I couldn't quite hear what you said. Okay, um, well, just to kind of get back into it, I was just wrapping that up. Um, the defense was good on both sides, obviously. They have the number one defense yeah. in the country. We have, uh, I think, a top 10 defense uh, now, maybe top 15. Um, what were your final takeaways from this game? Um, you know, just, just final takeaways is, you know, we, we have areas to to improve, obviously, but, but defensively, um, you know, I think earlier on in the season, surprisingly, the offense sort of seemed to be a, a bit ahead of the defense, which is sort of counterintuitive when you look at the the youth on on offense specifically. I mean, really, at all aspects of the offense, and then sort of the experience you have on defense. But um, you know, our defense hasn't allowed a point, I believe, in about five and a half quarters. And you know, we can we can say Boston College has a terrible offense. And, you know what they do, but you don't allow points. In that period of time, and, you know, sure, there were some missed field goals, but um, really a tremendous job by our, our defense stepping up. And I thought, um, you know, especially on that final drive, I thought Chris Stewart made a critical tackle of their quarterback, and Hunter Williams saved that tackle. If he doesn't make that tackle, um, Smith is walking into the end zone, and we're having a different conversation. So, um, you know, have stepped up with that regard. Absolutely, and uh, we talk about the defense and special teams a lot. Let's focus on the offense a little bit here. Um, we wrote after the uh, game a couple weeks ago that we got a Hinton and a Wolford. <laughs> Where are we going to go here? And I know they've both been banged up, but there's been a lot of chat on Blogger So Dear, on OG boards, on uh, Deacons Illustrated, just various sites that a lot of people want to see Kendall Hinton, and it kind of came out after the fact that he was a little banged up and he was in an emergency situation. But it's hard to judge John Wolford on that one game alone because 
first of all, they have the best defense in the country, does Boston College, and he's also coming back in. I'm not sure how much he can plan on that ankle. He generally banged up, but um, there's a debate to be made that Kendall Hinton should be getting the snaps, if not the start. Where do you stand on that after uh, the first six games of the season, Rob? Well, you know, it's um, it, Kendall Hinton's a guy who, you know, a lot of us thought based on his, his high school tape, his, his pedigree, him being an early enrollee in spring practice, that he was a guy who could potentially challenge John Wolford to be the starting quarterback as, as early as, as this year. And he came in during uh, – well, he came in some during the Elon game in, in a blowout situation, uh, but he came in in an unfortunate situation, at least for the team, when, when Wolford went down against against Army. And, you know, he really displayed his athleticism there, uh, you know, not exactly going against ACC caliber athletes, but his, his throwing, his, his passing was off. Um, but you could see the live arm and you could see the talent that he had. But he has progressed dramatically in, in several weeks. I mean, against Indiana, he was very strong. Against, against Florida State, one of the better defenses in the country, he got even better. And, and I think where he would have been really effective against Boston College is – okay, this defense is so disciplined, they're very good, um, but plays break down, and when plays break down, Kendall Hinton c- can break off a run or he can, he can, you know, move outside of the pocket and, and hit a deep play that we wouldn't have otherwise had. So I think that dynamic that he brings, that playmaking ability, is something we have not had in a long time and something that is unbelievably valuable and um you know, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he was still if he was starting at the end of the season. I don't. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree with that, and I tend to be a little higher on John Wolford than most people are. Um, I really enjoy seeing what Kendall Hinton has done so far this year. Obviously, we don't win that game at Army if it's not for him. I know that sounds funny, but it's true. Um, hey, I think he. True. I think he would have been pretty good against Boston College. They spent most of their week, I'm guessing, stopping the short passing game um, that was so beneficial for him against Florida State. You could tell that Boston College had kind of loaded it in their second box, forcing us to, uh, if we could get it out deep, do it. But, I mean, when you have a front seven that's as fast and blitzes as much as they do, they're not going to have time. And that's where Wolford really struggled. Um, I like Wolford a lot. I like Hinton a it's up to me, and I think Coach Clawson is being genuine when he says that Wolford is the starter when they're healthy. His experience, I think, just kind of gives them the nod right now. I want to see a lot of packages for Kendall Hinton. Um, I think he's got a lot of room to grow. He's got um, – he can hit the long passes. He can do a lot of things with his feet. Intermediate passing game isn't as good as it needs to be. Um, his out routes, he struggled with a little bit. And that's something that you kind of grow into. You get comfortable in the pocket, you set your feet, and you throw it. Um, you could argue with me that Wolford didn't do that very well on Saturday, but I would cite opposition has a big part to do with that. Um, okay. going, into Saturday, going into Saturday, if, if Wolford is healthy, I think he's the starter. Uh, but I do want to see a lot of packages um, for Hinton because I think he can – I think he can – be a big player and, you know, maybe line him up a couple of times at wide receiver, run some orbit sweeps, do uh, some things that Jim Grove and uh, our prior staff did very well. I think you, you get that in there, um, extend the boundary, get outside. That's that's something that could really stretch the defense and get the running game working up the middle. Um, but for right now, I think John Wolford is still still the guy there. 
Yeah, I agree with you, and, and I agree that uh, Wolford probably is underrated by the way fans. I mean, you, you watched him in the first part of the game. He ha- he had some turnover issues. Some some passes against Syracuse were uh, hi- highly questionable, but you know you you can see his progression and his improvement. Uh, you saw his improvement over the season last year, and and when he has time to flow, uh, he's he's pretty good. So yeah. you know this is starting to be a, a good problem we're starting to have where we have some depth and. And to your point about you know maybe some sort of rotation or packages, we've we've already burned Hinton's red shirt. So you know if, if we can utilize him and put them both on the field at the same time, or put them in situations to utilize each strengths, uh, we might as well do it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think Wolford is the guy now, but Hinton should be getting snaps. I agree. Um, and obviously the coaching staff has a better chance to analyze them at practice, which is where most of the snaps and most of the progression take place. Um, but I, I'm still behind John Wolford, and I really support the staff um, no matter what they're trying to do because of what I've seen over the past year and a half and the progression, which kind of leads me into the next uh, conversation here. We're, we're sitting about halfway through the year, three and three. Uh, maybe that's about what most people expected us to be. We didn't get a game, win against Syracuse and Indiana, but we did kind of steal one on Saturday against um, against Boston College. So we're halfway through the year. What are your thoughts on the, the year so far? Um, is, it, is it too early to say that we have a legitimate bowl chance? Are you looking at improvement? Where do you stand on the season? You know, I, I think we have an outside bowl chance. Um, but I wasn't sure I was, was saying that early on in the season. Um, you know, early on in the season, I was sort of thinking, you know, preseason, I was thinking that we probably would have to go 4-0 in September in order to have that outside chance. And even if we did, we wouldn't necessarily um, get there. But I I think, you know, Syracuse we may look back on as a, as a missed opportunity. And, you know, we severely outplayed them in the first half. Unfortunately, just didn't take take advantage. So, I think our offense is further along than I anticipated. Um, and I think you can really see some of those young players, Chuck Way, Cortez Lewis, um, you know, Tabari Hines in, in spurts, uh, Tyler Bell and Matt Colburn, the running game spurt than I anticipated, um, you know, helping, helping us out. So, you know, and then you look at Indiana. You know, Indiana was really competitive against Ohio State. Indiana is, is having a good season. So, yeah, while it's disappointing and, you know, we were lucky to come back and be in position, that, that's not, you know, that's not all that bad um, considering how early Hinton was in the starting process. And then to play like we did against Florida State, uh, sure, they had some injuries with, with Cook and, and Andrews and things like that, but we, we played very well against them and we're in that game, um, which I did not anticipate at all. And then to already have, have a road win, um, that's impressive to me. So we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes along. But I'm very encouraged by what's happened so far. And the first six games have only made me more encouraged for what's going to happen in the next six weeks and in next year. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. And it's been kind of – the scheduling has been kind of funny. I mean, you, you schedule Indiana, they're the worst team in NCAA FBS history. I think we're right behind and we're competing with them for that in terms of Power 5 schools. Then we happen to get them on a year where they're probably going to win seven or eight games if they can stay healthy. Nate Sudfeld and uh, their uh, running back Howard have had injuries and they got worn out at Penn State, but um, who hasn't? And uh, then we, um, I mean, we competed really well. And I think we, 
I'm extremely impressed with the team and the coaching staff and how we've developed it. And not only are we free, you look at the contributing and sophomores, almost all of them are, especially on offense. The linebacking core is obviously juniors and seniors, but I mean, the secondary had, that's a, that's a makeshift secondary that's played pretty well. Yeah, there's been problems at times with Gallman and Dancil with angles and tackling, but I mean, overall, you've got to look at the team and say, hey, in two or three years, this has a chance to be a really, really good team. On offense, you've got Serenay, sophomore. Almost all of our receivers are freshmen or true freshmen. Um, quarterback Hinton, freshman, sophomore, Wolford, I mean, you go down the line, three redshirt freshmen on offense. If we keep this core together and then we add another top 50 class next year with the way that Coach Clawson and the staff have, can build this team up, I mean, you got to be really excited as the Wake Forest fan moving forward. Um, I don't want to get too high on the team right now. We've got a really, really hard schedule, especially looking at the football outsiders rankings. I think we play like four of our final six teams are ranked in the top 20 of the uh, – uh, overall rankings We've got Louisville, Clemson, uh, Notre Dame. Those three right there kind of stick out to you. Duke is also ranked up there pretty highly. Um, we got a two touchdown underdog this week against Carolina, but I mean, State still hasn't at one in Winston Salem this millennium, so uh, you can chalk that up as a victory. Um, I'm I wish. obviously kidding, uh, but State will probably come in there as maybe a touchdown or less favorite, depending on what goes on this week. I think I can see it getting to maybe five wins. That Syracuse game may cost us a bowl, but overall, you just got to be really, really excited about how the offense, defense, and special teams has progressed throughout the year. So um, I love Coach Claus, and I think he's doing a great job. He's gotten energy back into the program. I'm excited to see the guys coming in and just continue to develop. So um, I that's about all you can ask for. you have anything to add to that? No, just just I, I agree with you pretty much 100%. I know we've been agreeing on a lot, but I, I think a lot of the fan base does agree with the, the direction they're seeing this program go and they're, they're believing in Coach Clawson. And, you know, as you mentioned, there are so many, and this is what we try and talk about, there are so many talented players, uh, young, talented players, and so many – on the roster that the team you're seeing this year, you could pretty much just see an older in 2017, even like, you know, think about how much better if they practice that much together for, for two and three years, how good they can be together. So it's sort of like you look at those, uh, some of those European teams, honestly, in, in basketball, and they, they practice so much together and they, they really develop a chemistry. And that, that's, I think, what Clawson is helping to develop. Teams who you redshirt people, you develop their strengths, you develop a, a work ethic, they learn the systems, they learn the program, and then once you have, once they eventually turn into a veteran team, that's when you can really compete against guys who are maybe a little bit more athletic, um, maybe a little bit faster, but when you combine that you are still very athletic uh, with 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 knowledge and execution, you can absolutely beat those teams, and, and that's what he's striving to do. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. And, um, I mean, we're already competing. I mean, Florida State, Boston College, obviously not that good offensively, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're the best team in the country defensively, and we beat them. So, at their place, I mean, that's a big deal. We were a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, and we won the football game. That's improvement right there. Um, so, yeah. kind of looking yeah. ahead a little bit to this week, uh, we play North Carolina – uh, games at 7 o'clock, I believe, on RSN or local channel. And um, they come in with a 4-1 and one record. Only loss is that opening night to South Carolina. And I guarantee you they wish they could have that back because uh, uh, South Carolina is oh, yeah. not looking that strong. But 
They lost 17 to 13 to them, but then they blew out NCAT, blew out Illinois, blew out Delaware, and came from uh, three touchdowns down to beat Georgia Tech last week in Atlanta, the preseason coastal favorite. So they kind of have their destiny in their hands here. They've got Wake, Virginia, Pittsburgh, Duke, Miami, Virginia Tech, and State. That's not a hard schedule at all. They avoided most of the teams that are really good in the uh, Atlantic. They don't have to play Clemson or Florida State. Um, Wake and Virginia, in their minds, both at home, they should be able to get to 6-1. and one. Um, Their defense has improved dramatically, as you would expect, with Gene Chizik there. So yeah. um, it, it's going to be a tough game to go there and win. As mentioned, we're 13-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, I don't know how much you've been able to see North Carolina play this year, but uh, I think it's probably going to be a tough game. What are just some general thoughts that you have about uh, this weekend and going to Chapel Hill, Rob? Yeah, I mean, just, just – just general thoughts. The team is, uh, you know, they've obviously been recruiting very well for for a number of years now, but that was never really their issue. But you know, with, with Gene Chizik, they're no longer <laughs> with Gene Chizik, they're no longer giving up a point a minute or whatever they were doing for about a two week span last year. So, you know, Wake being a, you know, about a two touchdown underdog, I, you know, I think that's about right, and that's probably about fair. Um, you agree. know, Wake, it's, you know, I feel like we the next exceeding. I don't want to say we'll do for a letdown or anything like that, but you know we, we've been we've been exceeding uh, expectations for for a few weeks, um, and of course you know Carolina coming off a bye week as everybody else is who who plays us, so that that certainly doesn't doesn't help things. So um, you know it's going to be a little interesting if you run into a little something that we saw at Boise State where they've had all these emotional emotional wins, these emotional games, and then they just sort of get fatigued and teams like Michigan, well, who's, who's really good, uh, blow them out. So I, I, I wonder if we'll, you know, we'll see that. But, you know, the one thing that I've seen more this year than last year, and I saw a decent amount last year, is we will come out and we will compete. Uh, we will compete hard. I mean, you, you look at that uh, that Clemson game last year. Uh, we competed very hard for the state game. I mean, we, we truly – this team truly believes they can win and they can play with these teams. So, you know, that's something you didn't always see towards the later part of the, the Grove era teams, at least in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I, I genuinely look forward to watching this play. Yeah, and you look – you kind of – the teams take on the personality of their head coach. Um, and nobody can say that better than people that have watched Wake Forest the last 10, 15 years. I mean, going from Caldwell to Grobe to Clawson, all three obviously pretty good coaches in their own right. Um, they've had their ups and downs. Caldwell's obviously with the Lions now. You're not having the greatest year, but he's an NFL coach. Grobe won an agency yeah. championship. Clawson built four programs. Um, but the team takes on the personality of their head coach. And in the later years of the Grobe era, you never knew what you were getting. The team laid down for some game, and we've yet to see that really with uh, Coach Clawson. Um, I don't know what to expect this Saturday. I want to say we're going to play hard, but we've got a young team going into a place. Um, it's a lot of blues going to be there, at least in the seat backs. And, I mean, we're a two-touchdown underdog. So you never know what's going to happen there. But I expect us to come out and at least play hard. <laughs> that's my that's my expectation there. So I, it's hard for me to make a prediction because I, I think they have a lot more talent than us. I know they have a lot more talent than us, but you can't underestimate uh, confidence going in there. And if we can execute, then then who knows? You, you never know what you're getting there. So um, just keep improving, keep getting better. And, and I'm just really excited to, to watch this team play on Saturday night. Um, 
I believe Jake and I are headed down there. Blogger so dear himself on Twitter, uh, myself, and hopefully if we're down there, we'll, we'll we'll tweet out where we are and we can come meet some people. So we love chatting chatting people up, especially on road games. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, you know a big big game against uh, against NC State the following weekend. Not gonna. We we won't talk about that game, but you know, again, just talking about if you ever want to meet up with us, you know, we we, we love we love interacting with, with fans on on and readers on on Twitter. So feel free to always always tweet at us, come stop by us at, at the at the tailgates, um, and you know, we we love talking to people. We, you know, we can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be Wake Forest sports, uh, but you know, just just like meeting and talking to talking to all of you guys. Yeah, we're we're truly Renaissance men and. Uh... Here's the thing. We give away free alcohol a lot, too, so we bring a lot of beer and liquor. So, I mean, if you don't think you can stand talking to us, at least take a couple shots with us and see how it goes. Yeah, and, you know, after a few shots, some of us, you know, our jokes seem to be a little bit funny, um, at at least, you know, or at least they they feel bad enough um, that that they last. So, you know, that's always nice, too. Yeah. So we're coming up on about a minute here, Rob. Um, We talked a lot about football. Um, a lot of other sports are doing well too. Field field, field hockey's top ten, I believe. Um, soccer might be the best team in the country. We drew NC State on Friday night. I got the uh, the pleasant um, experience of going to watch them play South Carolina last week, and they've got some talent. The most talent I've seen since the 2007 season. Bobby Muse has done a great job there. Um, and, and if you get a chance to, you're not going out to the Carolina game football game on Saturday, go to the soccer game on Saturday night um, at 7 o'clock. Same time, uh, they would love the support, and they're currently number six in the country. Rob, we got about probably 15 to 30 seconds. You got anything left? Uh, I would also just say in addition to soccer, our men's golf team has, has done fantastic so far early in the season. A lot of really good, young, young talented players. We, we are deep um, this season. So another national title contender. Um, and, you know, a really hit, uh, rich rich history. So always great to see us do well on that sport. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. And as always, go Deeks. Go Deeks.